Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Dude, I am. I don't know how to explain how I'm even standing up or awake right now. It's been a crazy, crazy like holiday season for the family and I. We we got sick, we had the flu, and then had to deal with that right over Christmas. The whole family, and then uh, my wife just had surgery on her neck to have a little bit of a, a thyroid uh, surgery. Yeah. So she's laid up right now, asleep with pain meds. Got the little baby to bed. I'm kind of my son's at school, so I'm kind of. <laughs> this is a window we have right now to get this done so let's make it happen yeah. and let's let's have a good a good time and uh get my mind off of all that because man i tell you what i gotta give credit to all the moms and and the wives out there that are just taking care of the kids it's a lot of work and you know uh, it, they, they just run me ragged so i'm excited to be talking fishing with you buddy yeah i mean it sounds like me the last two weeks today was the first day back at school and it's beautiful oh yeah oh yeah no doubt about it man my son just went back to school yeah today preschool he's three days a week so he's at school so okay we don't have him to worry about it's just the dogs or this little girl waking up or yeah my wife needing something but i think we're good but uh yeah school's good yeah (laughs) 
So I want to bring you on to start the year off uh, talking about the angle of the year. I wasn't able to get you on towards the end of the year. Um, so kind of, I know the little dilemma that you had with it, but that all got cleared up. I'm sure you already mm-hmm. talked about that in plenty of other podcasts. But last time we talked, you were back-to-back champion. And that was toward around, I want to say, June. Uh, close to yeah. July. Close to July. And uh, you had a goal in mind to be the angle of the year at the end of the year, and you did it, man. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, it's, it's cool. We talked about that on the show. Yeah, yeah I guess I must have won another one after because I know I remember I went back to back to back like three tournaments yeah. in a row, which is crazy. Yeah, um, I think I still won, can't. I think yeah. that the last one right when our episode dropped. Right. So, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I went back to back to back, and then and then somehow won again on Pickwick at the end to kind of seal the deal with the Bassmaster, and like you said. I've talked about the, the the protest and what happened. We kind of cleared the air on all that um, on other podcasts. But but if you guys didn't hear about it, you can go listen to another podcast. But basically, it was just that people were you know were wondering how I got to my spot without getting out of my kayak, which is one of the rules. You know, Bassmaster and Hobie both have the rule you can't get out. And um, so I had footage from my GoPro and I had to to prove that and show the the appeals committee. There's a three person committee that are not affiliated with the tournament. So they don't have any like, you know, skin in the game one way or the other. They just kind of neutral, you know, it's like a jury. Anyway, that's it. I just proved it to him. I showed it to him and I showed him uh, some of the protest uh, videos and photos they had of some logs and some shallow water. I was able to show them how I was able to just with hard work and practice, how I've learned to be able to attain is the word when you go upstream and either attain a, a rapid or shoal without getting out of your kayak or um, going around or under or, or around the log, you know, finding the ways to do that with staying in your kayak. And of course, you know, you have to have the, the mindset. So this is perfect, right? Yeah. The mindset of that style of fishing, or you're not going to be able to do it. If you have a, a big, you know, you're going down a Creek and you got a big native Titan or a, a, a Jackson big rig or a Hobie or a big new canoe, something that's not made for that, then you're never going to, you know, be able to do it. You know, you need a small little, like I use a Crescent Sholey mostly this year and sometimes the ultralight, but that's kind of the, the short version. I just had the right setup, uh, kayak wise and just paddle wise, and then the right mindset and practice and experience on how to be able to do it to get through and around stuff without getting out. And, uh, and then, uh, just went and did it and found the fish and it, the, the tournament win, uh, I guess it's one of these, maybe this one got reinstated. Um, and then that secured the angler of the year. So I think I'll be, I hopefully they, they did say they were probably going to use the classic stage to present that award, which would make sense, you know, to, to have the, that on that stage to present the award to the angler of the year and the champion uh, who wins the championship there. So I'm excited about that. I'm, and, and super thankful to Bassmaster, thankful to old town who sponsored the angler of the year award. And um, you know, even though I work for a different kayak company and, you know, use a different kayak, you know, it's, it's, I think it's good precedent in our sport to always give credit and talk about other brands and other people, not, not create these barriers and walls where I'm not allowed to talk about somebody else, some other angler, because they're in a different, a rod and reel sponsor or boat sponsor or whatever. But, uh, so I did want to say shout out to Bassmaster on how they handled everything. And, uh, you know, the angler of the year, like you said, it's, it's pretty crazy to think that that was the goal I had set out and I only had four tournaments to do it. And they took your best four. Uh, I had to miss the, you know, the first one because, 
our little girl was born, uh, you know, right in that, during that time. And she's still just a couple months old, had some NICU time or whatever. I didn't feel like leaving um, the, the wife yet and uh, didn't, didn't want to do that to her. So it was crazy to think that, I mean, that was my goal. I set out I only had four shots at it, no mulligans and was able to pull it off. So, man, I'm just super fortunate, super blessed uh, because the talent in our sport is unreal in that tournament series. Some really good anglers. So super grateful and looking forward to uh, see what happens this year. Yeah, man. I, I know because we talked about it before you even went to the, to the last year's classic. And then we talked about it after your wins. And that was, that was your whole goal starting out last year. So yeah. I, I got to ask, what's this year's goal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last yeah. Year's- yeah, so there, that's a good question. I'm glad we're going here because, you know, in 2020, my goal was to get back to fishing after COVID was happening, you know, and, and I moved the family up to Ohio. It was like, okay, I'm going to fish one of these Hobie tournaments. And I looked and I saw the Angler of the Year standings and the criteria, and I was like, you know, I can only fish the last three, but if I do good, I can have a chance for the Angler of the Year. That was kind of a goal. I know it sounds silly because there's like eight or nine tournaments, and I'm – fishing the minimum but that was my goal i was like i want to set it high as possible you know i mean who doesn't go into any game or sport you play like obviously with the goal to win you know i'm I'm trying to win every tournament it's unrealistic yeah obviously it's not gonna happen but that's your goal so my goal was even further i was like okay i'm gonna win angler of the year i'm gonna do as good as i can in these three and hopefully have a shot to win angler of the year and and you know, by the grace of God, I don't know how, but because uh, because Russ and Jody don't miss very often, you know, catching five. But the TOC is in the fall and it's very tough fishing. And that 2020 year, one of the days it was a two day event. The first day, I think Jody didn't get five. And the second day, Russ didn't. And uh, I was able to win the angler of the year. And that was my goal. And then last year, same thing. Let's just try to go f- for the repeat. Uh, well, I said last year, but now I guess it's 2021. Yeah. The next year after 2020 and um uh, I was close. I had the, I was first in AOI and in KBF and I was second in AOI, even closer because I was third in 2020 heading into the TOC. I was second in AOI and Hobie heading into the championship. And I was first after day one of the trail series championship with KBF. And then, and I've told the story, people probably heard it, but it's, it's just still kind of, kind of fun, I guess, or interesting to, to hear uh, because people forget about, you know, people probably don't think about me having a good 2021 and I'm like, man, that was probably my best year because look where I was in those standings. But my motor blew up on my way to my spot, you know, for the KBF uh, trail series championship on day two. And it cost me, uh, you know, everything, the 10 house, you know, I couldn't get to where I was going. I was stranded a mile and a half out up there in a big solo skiff that you really can't paddle. It's, you know, but, um, so I fell out of that and then Hobie, my, our girl came early and I couldn't, uh, even fish the TOC. I wasn't going to, you know, miss you know, the birth of my daughter. So she came right during the, the championship. So it's always been the goal every year. It's like, let's, let's see, you know, getting to your question. Let's see if I can get in contention for at least one of the AOIs, right? At least one. And then last year I was able to do it. And then, um, and then I ended up finishing ninth and Hobie in the overall standing. So not as good of a finish there, but um, still decent, of course, still good to be in the top 10 or amongst that crowd. This year, the goal is going to be is what people have joked about, or Cody and I, especially Cody Milton, and I have joked about is I have an AOI in Bassmaster and Hobie. He has AOIs in KBF and now Hobie. So we kind of were saying, like, hey, who's going to get the, the missing piece first? You know, and so he's got to get a Bassmaster and I would have to get a KBF. But um, 
so I don't know, man, if that's my goal is just to try to go for the KBF. But I think my goal really would be first and foremost, just to try to repeat for Bassmaster. Uh, because I feel like the Bassmaster series, I mean, we, I grew up with the magazine. Honestly, it's not, yeah. it's no shot at, you know, KBF or Hobie or anybody else. Obviously we all know who Bassmaster is, right? We, we, you know, especially my age group, I grew up with them oh, yeah. in the magazine. Yeah. Everyone knows the name. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's, and we love, you know, what they've done and what they do. And anyway, so that's, that's gotta be priorities to, to kind of try to defend that. So I'm going to try to fish all five of those uh, tournaments this year, the regular season, plus the championship, which I'm obviously um, going to be in uh, during the classic uh, on Lake Chickamauga. So the goal would be first and foremost, just try to do my best in the Bassmaster series, you know, repeat that AOI, defend it. And then after that, I'm going to dabble a little. I'm going to actually fish the KBF uh, very first one down in Florida. I'm going to fly down for that one. I got a crazy plan where I've got someone driving my boat down there, actually getting rigged. This is kind of an announcement. No one's ever heard this publicly. So I guess you're breaking news here. Yeah. If you got a drop, Chris, you can hit the drop right now. I love Motor Guide. They were great to me. I was you know, with them for about five or six years. Uh, but I've decided to, to move to Torquedo to do a stern mounted motor. And uh, I just think it's going to give me a little more speed, be a little bit better in some of those river situations and shallow water since you got it, the motor on the stern and it kicks up and um, put a rock guard on it and stuff like that. You know, the, the bow is like not forgiving. When you hit something with the motor at, it's not forgiving. You you just boom. And uh, so the, the stern motor is the way. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with this year with the Torquedo. I'm excited to join the team there. And uh, Matt Ball and that, that leads the team. Jeff Little, obviously, we all know the names, you know, the big names that are all yeah. part of that that team, you know, with Jody and, and Russ. And, you know, and and I don't know, there's a, so many people. I'm not going to get into listing them all. But I'm excited to see what that does um, for this season. And uh, But it's going to help for sure in the Bassmaster and the KBF tournaments. Um, the first one's coming down in, up in Florida. And, um, and then I'll dabble again, I'll fish the Hobie down there as well, fly back home and then I'll fly all my stuff. I'll leave there. Uh, my buddy's house, uh, Dustin from Raccoon Creek Outfitters, he's got a house down there and then I'll fly back down and fish the Hobie on the Harris chain. So at that point, it's kind of like, all right, yeah, Bassmaster is the goal. And then after that KBF and Hobie, I can kind of just zig and zag because, you know, as much as I'd love to get a KBF as well, you know, it's, I don't think it's as high of a priority as, you know, as, as it would be to just get a another Hobie or another Bassmaster AOI. But if I start getting in the running, you know, I do good down there in Florida. Yeah. I might push yeah, towards yeah. that, that KBF and see if I can't get Cody, <laughs> get him on that. And, but obviously just, just blessed to be, you know, back on the water, excited for a new year. And, uh, you know, what I've accomplished so far is, is man, it's, it's already been plenty for me. I can't believe it's, it's been such an incredible run and hopefully I've been, a little bit of inspiration for folks that don't have all the money and don't have all the bells and whistles. And maybe they have a you know, busy family life. Like, like so many of us do, and, um, you know, they can't pre-fish a ton and hopefully, you know, I can keep inspiring some people along the same, same lines, you know, cause that's what kayak fishing to me is all about is, you know, if you don't have all the money or you don't have all the time, this is something simple that you can get into and, and still compete at a high level even. So. Yeah, it, it definitely, especially with your, your techniques and how you plan and everything. It's yeah. amazing how many times you're not really using the motor and you're catching most of these fish. 
Mm-hmm. It, it's going to be harder this year. It's, it's going to yeah, be harder it, with the it, some it rule changes. Depends on the league and everything. Yeah, else. yeah, it's going to be hard with the rule changes, but with that they're making, uh, we don't know what those are really set in stone. But what's crazy is it would be harder even if there wasn't rule changes because yeah. even though you know other other anglers fish, you know they fish the way I like to fish, but I know that they, you know, some people have won and done well maybe in some tournaments doing that, but it's not like every tournament's won this way, but I think that there, like you notice when someone wins six times, like I was, you know, did this past year, even though I didn't win in that manner, like I wasn't, you know, like I've mentioned, I was on a, the main lake on grand Lake when I won, I was on like all, most of my fish for Lake Champlain could have been caught with a bass boat, you know? So it's not like I'm in some sneak hole, you know, uh, yeah, some no, myth- mythical creature that's out, you know, it's somewhere the, that it's the pre-planning and then the, the yeah. ability to, with your strategy of how you pre-fish and everything else that kind of puts everything together. Yeah, for sure. And it's definitely going to, it would have been harder though, because people see that success and they're going to emulate it. And if you have the, those skinny small waters get too crowded with other folks, then, then nobody ends up winning from there. You cannibalize it. So the anglers have a way to kind of setting an equilibrium on, on fishing, which is cool because, you know, if, if a certain thing becomes hot or popular, or area, then the anglers figure it out. Like, like, and they like forward facing sonar, like a rigs, whatever it all, the fish adapt and the anglers adapt to what the winning stuff is. And when we're all doing that, that was kind of the deal. It splits it up and it, and the fish learn it no longer is the deal. And then you got to find what the new deal is. It's like constantly moving. But now uh, that the rules are changed and we're not going to be able to launch necessarily uh, from, from all the, public land or whatever the rules are going to be that's unfortunately that the equilibrium doesn't matter anymore it's not going to level itself out because the rules are going to make it where you probably can't get to a lot of that water anyway so um you know in some some ways it's you know kind of a bummer um i'm kind of a glass half full kind of guy so i'll still go out there have fun um and you know still try to get some of that stuff if i can but uh it's definitely definitely fishing main lake and getting all the electronics and motors as much as I'm going to love the torpedo. It's not why I got into kayak fishing. It's probably not why 90% or 80% of the people out there got into kayak fishing. They got into kayak fishing to get away from all that stuff and just keep it simple. But that doesn't look like it's the way that our competitive landscape is shaping up at the moment. It could always change. Yeah. MLF just changed that back to five fish. So at the moment, it looks like this year is going to be a little different and we'll, we'll have to change that tournament uh, yeah. preparation and strategy a little bit. And, uh, you know, there's that book that a lot of people have always read, you know, Who Moved My Cheese, you know, that business book. Yeah. And I don't know if you've heard of that, but anyway, it talks about how it's always it's always moving, you know, that target's always moving, and uh, it's moving again this year. So now, how can Drew Gregory, who's known for, you know, every once in a while find a little little spot to put in or a little sneak hole that I can get, kind of get into with a small boat, how am I going to adapt and, and do, you know, now that they've, uh, you know, made some rule changes that make, make it a little bit harder Obviously, it's not like we can't ever get to that stuff, but it certainly will be a little bit more difficult or time-consuming. Uh, and, of course, when you get there and you make a long run and the torpedo at three, four, five miles, whatever, uh, you might have locals in kayaks or John boats or bass boats already there because you've spent a long time running. And then what do you do? I mean, like, yeah. it's not like you're a bass boat. You can just zip back real quick. It's like, dude, you've committed your whole day to some idea. And – somebody else just put in right by it because it was public property and they're not in the tournament. They just 
put in and or fish in there. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, that's always a conversation to make a run or not to make a run because, like you said, it's not as easy as a bass, but we just pick up and go. Nope. It's, I mean, you can't, you can't pick up and go, but half your days will be gone by then. Yeah, and then you're exactly. Really, and then your emotional setting and everything else where do I have enough time to catch these fish? Can I drive and have a chance to win? And, right. And that, that's that's what was so cool and what what makes the kayak so awesome is that you know you can that's why we like the kayak to fish a lake or fishery because i mean you don't have to make a run you know you can just yeah. put in at your closest spot and you know, all the public land allows you to really cover that whole lake well now the lake's about to get shrunk if there's like eight boat launches or 10 i mean people already were upset at how many people you know how much pressure was on areas or how many people were showing up at their boat launches. You know, they, no one loves that, you know, um, designated boat launches are going to shrink it. Cause most people obviously just fish within a radius, you know, three, two, three, four mile radius of a boat launch. So lake's about to shrink, um, for everybody. So, you know, there's no doubt about that. That's going to cause that to, to happen. There's going to be, more pressure in certain areas, more people launching from the same places. Um, I, I hope not more contention between anglers because of that. Cause that's what we see in the, in, in, on the bass boat side of things with, man, there's people all over my spot. There's pressure, so much pressure. And, um, you know, that's, you know, you so that, you'll see a lot more people racing to spots. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, it's, it's, tur it's turned into the bass boat. It's the model of the bass boat tournaments. And, you know, it's not, why we, why I got into kayak fishing, why, uh, you know, but it, it's, it's, I mean, it's just a fact It's nothing obviously against the, the tournaments and the decisions they're making. They have other things they have to consider. So I, I totally support them. I'm friends with all the directors and whatnot, but it, I mean, facts are facts. I mean, it's going to be a race now it's turning into a race to your spots. And it already was to some degree, if you were launching at the same spot with somebody else yeah. and you both had the same offshore point or hump or, back of a cove or wherever you were going to but now the anyone who's putting in it you know these little places that were just maybe the only one or two people kind of put in at but there was 15 of them around the lake i mean 15 times two that's 30 people that now have to all 30 more people that are going to be condensed into the other launches so it's it's and now it's just a, a race for sure so in hobie it'll be a race with your paddle with your pedal drives and bassmaster and um KBF, it's going to be a race with your motors, which is, again, another reason I moved to Torquedo. So, yeah. Yeah. Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. <laughs> Sounds like it's gonna be an interesting year, man. Oh yeah, it'll still be fun, man. Hey, it'll be fun. It, I mean, anytime you're underwater, it's fun. But that's right. <laughs> it is. You know, that's it's not exactly the way I love to kayak fish or, or what I would, you know, obviously love to see. But it's uh, it's all good. I love to compete. 
that's the thing. I still love to compete. So even though, you know, if it's, if I, if I do it this year and it's not fun, if a lot of other anglers feel like it's not fun and they, they stop fishing or they fish something else, or maybe if that's the way it's going to be, maybe we just switch to bass boat tournaments. Cause if we're restricted to basically all the same water that they are, other than, you know, when you finally get back way up somewhere, you can go get a little further than a boat, obviously, if you can get there. Uh, but if we're restricted mainly to that water, then, it, then in my mind, it's kind of like I'm toying with the idea of like, why, man, why don't I just get into a bass boat, go fish the opens, you know, go yeah. fish the Toyota series, go fish. I mean, why not? Right. I mean, but, and then I'll fish wild fun rivers and creeks and stuff. Just when I'm fun fishing on the kayak, who knows? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you got a point. Cause at this level, you're almost, you're, you're, your cost and everything, you're weighing that down along, especially at the level that you're competing at. Where, yeah. I mean, the cost can't be that much different at this point. No, I mean, that, you know, sadly, this, again, this isn't why I got into it. I wanted to simplify yeah. fishing, but I mean, sadly, uh, you, you know, the forward facing sonar and electronics and motors. If you're a guy watching or watching this, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to just be honest and tell the listeners the truth here, but I, and I want to help people. I don't want people to just donate and throw away their money, but if you don't have, you know, those tools and are proficient with them, it's, they're even more important now than ever to win. I mean, they really are. Cause if you're constricted to main lake stuff, you got to kind of, or let's say it's predominantly main lake stuff. There's going to be tournaments where the other, and they're also, they do a good job of scheduling tournaments like, you know, like lacrosse or Susquehanna where it's a true, you know, large river. So it is a true river tournament where those kind of, you know, electronics and stuff don't really play. But on the, on 75% of the tournaments with the new rules, you know, you're probably, you're probably going to be smart to, to either get yourself the fastest, you know, vessel and motor you can, or, you know, maybe just fish some local stuff, you know, or regional stuff that doesn't have, you know, those rules. Cause until you get the money, I mean, because, Think about it. if all things are be equal and everyone has the same understanding and skill set to catch the fish, uh, then who who's going to uh, win if somebody has a slower motor or a slower vessel and someone's got a faster? You know what I mean? It's kind of like obviously whoever it, it becomes more important. Um, whoever's got the electronics that you know the the panoptics that can really see what their fish are doing and become obviously learn them and become good with them. It's just going to be more important to have those tools now in my opinion. So which, which is going to be just a little bit of a different game. And basically, like I said, it's just like, it's just like we're, you know, fishing in little plastic bass boats basically and, and fishing bass boat tournaments out of little, little plastic bass boats that don't go as fast. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which, 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 you know, with your, your podcast, the mindset, it's going to, it's going to change the mindset for sure of what oh, decis yeah. decisions you make. Cause you also can't milk run. You can't load back up in your vehicle. I mean, you technically can, but, but, if you load back up in your vehicle and you go and you put in a, at a different launch, like before you could find some launches that maybe not many people had found. And it's going to have like a one or two people might be there or nobody. If you get lucky would even be there. So you knew you could move to that throughout the day and still have fresh fish. But now it's going to be hard to, to go make a long run and come and then come all the way back or do a short run and come all the way back and then load up just to go to another launch that, that 35, 35 people or 20 people yeah. just launched that that morning and are all over all that, that juice. It's like, I, it just puts more emphasis on your original plan. A for sure. 
Yeah. So. Do, you, do you think, I mean, I didn't even plan on talking about it, but do you think that now because of the rules and everything, we're leaning more towards a professional series per se, as far as the top, top three, like uh, where yeah. you need the equipment, you need the, the right kayaks, you need the right stuff just to be considered for a win or a top to finish uh, top in there, like the top tens? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting question because to me, a professional kayak series, kayak fishing should, has nothing to do with that, like the rules and that, that stuff. It has more to do with the entry fee. You know what I mean? Like if you kept the rules, yeah. you can launch from anywhere, any public land or whatever. If, you, if they kept them like that or you could port because you can't portage in KBF anymore. That's a new rule as well. So if you if you kept it where you could portage, or even if you don't, you leave it where you can't. But to me, the professional is more just about, you know, the entry fee and yeah. the payout being higher. And then, and then if that's, that's what I'm saying. I, yeah. Maybe I, maybe I didn't word that right, but like to where like you don't even want to enter unless you have certain things on your kayak because you right you don't have a chance to win that event. Right. And that's kind of what I was getting at is, is yeah. I think you're, we're on the same page here is that if you, if the rules did, stay the same and like let's just say assume they stay the same and people could launch wherever a professional tournament the cool thing about it in my opinion would be yeah you need to be really proficient with those electronics and those tools you know what i mean the motor and electronics if you're a main lake guy or if you're not if you're not a main lake guy or if you have if you're just a guy that can do either one kayak fishing water you know the skinny water that the kayak was designed to go into right that connects to that watershed free flowing without a, a dam, you know, obviously where the fish and the shad and the, the bait fish all move up in there. And the, the fish, uh, the bass move up in there. The, the professional side for me would be like um, just in general, like leaving all that open would be cool because then it's like, they're so good with that, with electronics and that's only getting better. You know what I mean? That's all you're only going to get better at catching fish on the main lake with the way the electronics are evolving. So leaving the other open as well would be the coolest part of a professional trail because if, if you don't, then it just is a bass boat tournament out of a kayak that's slower, you know, a little, little mini bass boat that's slower, you know, with electric, it's electric only. But if we left it all open to me, a professional tournament would be so cool because then the guys that are really good at the skinny water, backwaters, creeks, and the certain lakes where that plays and, there's certain times, of course, it doesn't play like in the winter, like you don't see somebody in the back of some little creek that's flowing in much colder water. You know what I mean? So it's like going to be like, how do the pros solve this giant puzzle? You know, that a kayak can go in the skinny water, in the offshore water. It can handle it all. But how do they? So really, it's just like obviously a bigger entry fee. And you need all the, the electronics and the motors and the tools to be the best at offshore stuff and main lake stuff, not, not just offshore, but the docks and the main lake fishing. Um, and then it'd be cool if it, you know, you could still just sometimes win with just a paddle and dropping in at some little sneaky spot. And the pros that are the best would be your, your Jacob Wheelers, your Brandon Polonix, uh of the kayak fishing world. The ones who would be the best would be like those guys who can do it all. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they can fish super skinny and shallow they can frog they can skip a swim jig under a dock um you know and then they can also turn right around and be the best at 
the electronics and forward facing sonar, the key decision then was would be like when to do what. You know what I mean? But if we leave that that you know ability to get to some of the, the other water out of it, you know the kayak kind of kayak only water. You know which which is why so many of us obviously got into the kayak to begin with to, to be in the kayak only water where the boats don't go. That was the selling point. Well, yeah, that's what people. So many years. Sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, well, I mean, it's it, and it's it, it just it is an inspiration for people that don't have a lot of money that you can think about it like this. If you're in a because forward facing sonar is allowed and all the electronics are allowed in a BFL or Toyota series tournaments or all those AAA level bass boat tournaments or your local bass boat club on your on your your Thursday night or yeah. on your home lake, it's all allowed. So if it's all allowed, I mean, unless they, there's some that maybe have a rule that it's not, but if it's all allowed, uh, think about it like this. If you're a, a youth golfer and you're a kid that didn't come from a lot of money, but golf technology and the clubs and what they can do is, is, is so incredible. It's like fishing, right? If you have the most expensive golf clubs, they're more forgiving. The sweet spot's bigger. You're going to get more distance. You're going to if the talent is if the actual physical and mental like talent the mental and physical talent are equal between those two young men the two junior golfers and one of them has the the best clubs money can buy and the other one's playing with clubs that are you know eight ten years old i mean it's a kind of rhetorical question we know who over the course of four days of of golf you know 72 holes a golf tournament a four-day golf tournament however long we know who's going to have the odds on odds to win who will most likely win more often than not because they have the better technology and tools. So that's the saddest part. You know, again, it is what it is, but it, it's, that's just kind of the truth. The sad part is I felt like we were getting so many people into the sport from, you know, Hey, look, you can still compete both ways. You know, the cool thing about the kayak is it's diversity. You can do the, like all the electronics that bass boats you can do. They can do, they can do the motors, obviously not gas, but it can do the motors and still, I mean, a torpedo can push you seven miles an hour. You can still move, but you can also choose to go this way. If you don't, if you're not, if you are that kid who doesn't have a ton of money and can't afford all that stuff yet, you can, you're not like at a disadvantage necessarily. You just gotta, gotta fish certain water. You're kind of limited to certain water. It's not always winning water. And I got to reiterate how hard it is to win in that stuff. I know it looked like I had this incredible year or whatever, but um, and I did, but it wasn't all in that kind of water and it was very hard. Um, I mean, very, very hard. And if anybody else would have pressure or anybody else would have showed up at any of those places, which like I said, would be the trend. If no rules were changed, the, the English would level the whole thing out. The equilibrium would totally get leveled out because there'd be more pre-fishing pressure in those skinny waters. And that messes the fishing up for the tournament. So even if it's not, Hey, you're going to show up with two or three people it's the pre-fishing pressure could, could set you off, you know, yeah. but more than likely the more people that kind of got into it and, and seen some success I had, and it probably gets blown out of proportion just because if you look at all the tournaments throughout the whole year, you know, it, even though it was one guy, it, it wasn't like that many that were one in that style, you know, and it's you know, Lake Forks not getting one like that. Lake, Lake St. Clair, you know, where January, February, March, you know, April, like it's not, it's not happening there, but it, it once the summer hits in the fall when it plays more and that happens to coincide with right at the end of our season where rule changes are talked about it i think it kind of boils to the head a little bit more so anyway back to your back to what we were saying i think that was that is to me kind of like a bummer because and i know people out there are going to say well you don't have to fish tournaments you know and 
this is just part yeah. of the competitive side that, that's going to have these rules. And you can still kayak fish wild places without a motor and without electronics. Yeah. But to me, get, having that as part of our sport was cool because it, it's, it's the essence and it is part of, that's how kayak fishing got its start. So having that, you know, be a player, you know, in the competitive side and be a potential winning method it kept the essence of the sport in the, you know, why would we not want the essence of the sport, the way the kayak fishing started and how it started and how it, you know, boomed. Why would we not ever, why would we not fight tooth and nail to keep the essence of kayak fishing in the competitive side of kayak fishing? Because in my opinion, that's kind of like uh think about a sport that has a couple of different styles, like, uh, like race cars, you know, you got pavement, they race on pavement and they race on dirt tracks, you know, or volleyball, you got beach volleyball and you got hard court volleyball. Well, it'd be silly if you went to, if the beach vol- volleyball people said, you know what we need? We need to pack this sand down really hard, okay? Almost like make it like it's a hard gym floor. And then we, we should require everyone to wear shoes so they can jump higher now. And then it'd be like, but we have that. It's yeah. over here. It's it's hard. We like we have bass boat tournaments hitting the main lake and covering. It's the best tool for the main lake. Like kayak fishing was special because we were able to, highlight what kayak fishing was you know all about um so anyway it'd be like dirt track the same thing it'd be like hey why don't we why don't we make this why don't we pave this dirt track instead you know make it or make it something like you know whatever millings or something that's different i don't know it's closer to hard pavement it's like mm, but the dirt is what makes it cool and different what makes it fun that's what we want we want to slide we want the mud that's what that's the sport so that's kind of the, the only, you know, takeaway and kind of from a sports perspective, um, I studied sports management, you know, in school. And so I always look at things a little bit different from like a, a 30,000 foot perspective. And um, to me, that was like our special, that is kayak fishing special sauce, the ability to, because if you have a, a $20,000 kayak set up with all the electronics and motor and power pole and everything, you still have the money for a $500, $1,000 paddle kayak for when the situation arises to use that, you know what I mean? That strategy. And, um, you know, it's, again, it's not like it's all taken away. I don't want to be like all doom and gloom because it's not. And I, you know, I'm, like I said, going to still compete and love kayak fishing, but that is, that kind of, to me was why I got into the sport and why so many of us did. And it was our special sauce that made us unique and different. And uh, it's why Toyota did an article with me this year. Uh, you can go on Bassmaster.com and, and read that. Uh, so, you know, for it's, the title of it was four by four something. And it was just about, they were excited, man. Like about, this is so cool. And kayak fishing, you can put in all the public land, like the same way you would, you know, kayak fishing on a weekend, just find some public property on that watershed, put in, you know, and fish and then get out and you use your truck. Like every once in a while, even kick it in four wheel drive and use your truck and drive around. So your truck is actually part of the sport in the middle of the sport, like not just yeah. to and from like the, like the bass boat world, it gets them to and from, but then, you know, they launch every day and they're, once the tournament time hits, it's just they're outboard and, and their trolling motor and that's it to get them around. But the truck and the non-endemics like that were more crucial to our sport when it was the way it was. And like I said, you can still move you know, ramps now. They're not saying you can't do that, but uh, it's not going to be as much of a player if you just, you know, common sense will tell you you don't want to launch you know three hours later at a spot that 20 or 30 40 people were just launching from so but yeah yeah exactly so so we'll see how some of those you know it some of those things change and how it changes sponsorships and 
you know, and, and just the whole landscape of the competitive side of the sport. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting because it, it's going to take – I think it might take some of your people who are, who are thinking about doing tournaments and take them completely out just because they feel they don't have enough equipment. Oh, for sure. You know, it, I mean, it's – it's it definitely is going to happen. I would think, on you, the one you know, hand, your normal people will always be there, like like yeah. the people who oh, you yeah. see every single year. They're always going to be there. They're always going to adapt to the conditions. Yeah. The guy who can only do one or two, you know, professional tournaments or mm-hmm. or higher higher tournaments might not be as right uh, opposed to want to do that. I, right. That's how I, I feel like that. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll see a lot of bass boat world people move over. It's going to take some of the overflow from their tournaments into our tournaments, and there is overflow there. But like, like tournaments are full. Like the uh, Bassmaster Opens and all those, they have more people on the waiting list. You know what I'm saying? So people might just look and say, "Well, I still want to fish somewhere and something," and they might move over. But to me, the opposite—that's not incre- growing the whole sport. You know what I mean? That's not bringing a new person. Mm-hmm into the sport whereas if you if you if kayak fishing was kept the way it has been where it's been looked at as in my opinion it, it was and it still can be again not that they can't ever change the rules back or whatever but i saw it as the soccer of of the fishing world in the sense that all you need is a ball and and yeah. and that's it i like to i mean it's like simplest the cheapest sport and it's no, no surprise soccer is the most popular sport across the world because of that right there well the bass boat world i mean let's face it if you're going to try to compete at any sort of high level you're looking at you know 50 60 70 80 100 thousand dollar setups we needed a soccer you know what i mean we needed something yeah. to help get something that low barrier to entry to get him in the sport um the competitive side of things and so kayak fishing to me had that appeal for sure to be able to get people into the sport see that they had a shot to win uh even with just a paddle i mean they're still at a disadvantage you know what i mean like uh most of the time you know again i'm i'm like the outlier and i, I know that rules and and i know the i mean I, I'm, I don't know they talked mentioned my name on the some of the podcasts so i don't know if if rules were changed because of me or whatever but i, I know rules were changed because of you know ot defoe using a tunnel hole or roland martin using a ladder you know yeah. and it's a can be a compliment. I don't know. It's what it's what Chad said, uh, and he's always kind of messed with me about that because I've never broken a rule. I've just, I've just, um, you know, used the rules and 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 kind of found anywhere I could and, and place that I thought I might have an advantage in a paddle kayak. You know what I mean? So, um, I, I you know, you, that's you the thing. Just, you you went inside. You went with the rules and found right. places that best suit your fishing style. Basically. Exactly. Right. So and. So that's kind of, I guess, that's all I've done. I mean, I didn't do anything no one else could do. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. if, you, if you're playing within the rules and you do something that no one else was doing within those rules, it doesn't, it isn't wrong or a bad thing. As a matter of fact, that's a great thing for, um, for the coverage of the sport because those are exciting stories. Like, for example, uh, Jason Christie going 60 miles or 70 miles, however far it was, up the Sabine River. You are allowed to go as far as you can go in that bass boat. And he had his motor... Uh, synced up to his Garmin, which told him his fuel mileage and all that stuff, and how far he had left, and like how many miles he had left, and the efficiency of the motor and everything. He had it dialed in, and he went where 
no one else was, but he was within the rules. Everybody else had a choice to go there or not. He just, just found it, you know? So obviously I, everybody's always had a choice and a, yeah. you know, the ability to simply just go get a, a paddle on a thousand dollar kayak, you know, and uh, go there, but they didn't, you know, and, and it's, and I've been on plenty of those situations where I did and it doesn't work. You don't win. You know, it's just a lot of times the skinny water, unfortunately has a lot of like fewer fish and smaller fish a, a lot of the times. And most of the times I'll say actually uh, compared to the main lake fish that are feeding on those big forage out there in the main lakes. Yeah. But the um, yeah, that's kind of the thing. It's just that the, you know, that, that to me was and and hopefully we can, cause see when you're taking overflow from the, the bass boat world or people who just, you're not getting because they say to themselves, well, I was already spending 30, 40 or 50,000 dollars on my boat, you know, oh, and this kayak over here, I can get it fully rigged out and even pocket some money if I sell my bass boat and I can still win just as much money. Um, if you've seen the payouts, trust me, you can win just as much money uh, because you always got to subtract the entry fees to those other tournaments, like the $1,800 for the opens or even look at the pros that fish the MPFL, the Bassmaster Elite Series, MLF. Look at their yearly earnings and then subtract you know, the 35 grand they put in for entry fees. And you'll, you'll soon realize that, you know, myself, Russ Snyder's Cody, uh, Christine, probably Guillermo, whoever people that had a good year this year in the kayak fishing side made more money with little $200 50 entry fees. They actually, we actually made more money than most all those guys. And they're going to figure that out, you know, and they're going to want to jump over here, pocket a little money. Um, and then the only thing that doesn't do that's, you know, and you add, you know, motors and electronics are definitely going to become more important. So the people that are already into the sport fishing and in, they're already into the sport, buying rods, reels, they're already consumer. It's not new money. If that makes sense, it's not a new person. Those people are going to potentially upgrade and buy a faster, you know, motor or a better electronic setup. The, the, the thing I have from a business perspective from the overall fishing industry that I would love to see is, you know, the new people get into the sport and that's where um, this, the rule might, like you said, you know, might make it where some people just kind of look and say, I don't think I can compete. You know, you're that junior golfer that just doesn't have the money to compete against the other guys. So instead of getting into and being a part of the sport, at least like, even though you're not buying the motor and the, or a Hobie or whatever, a pedal drive native or Jackson or whatever, even though you're not doing that yet, you got, we got them in the door. You know what I'm saying? Like we got them in the sport. And once you're in the sport and you, you love it, you fall in love with it. You realize like, man, this is cool. This little thousand dollar kayak that kind of got me started. And I did had a little success. Like you're going to be like, I need, I really need a motor. I want to go do, you know, I want to go faster and further. So then, then you've got a new person in the sport and it's not a motor that was bought from somebody that was already in the sport, buying all the equipment for the sport, you know, rods, reels, line, whatever, like you, whatever you want to list. It's like a new money. So that's like, that's why from a business perspective that being the soccer of fishing and a sport that, you know, it, it, you know, at the highest level on the bass boat side is, is the most elite sport of pretty much all sports. It could be right up there with quarter horse racing or polo, or I don't know, man, like the, the high end, like, I don't know, race. It's like, you don't just, you know, who's got 80 grand just laying around to like, you know, but but anyway, bringing those new people in is what can grow the over and what kayak fishing can do. I think for the sport of bass fishing and, and fishing in general, getting new people in the door, you know, it's, it's like uh, minor league baseball games have empty seats. They, they tell people it's free tonight. You're $1 tickets to get in the door. So they buy popcorn and peanuts 
and so does getting somebody in the door for a business is the hardest step. And we, we kind of made it a little harder. I think we're, we're making it a little harder on the competitive side of things for people to logically, people aren't stupid, you know, like we're to, to, to take, it's just a little harder for them to take that first step. Um, yeah. I think to, to compete, but you know, it's, it is what it is and we'll see how it affects, um, affects things. And Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. I'm still going to go yeah. have fun and do my best and see what happens. Yes, for sure. I mean, there's still also local leagues and local trails and everything mm-hmm. that people can use to get involved before they jump into the higher right. trails and stuff. So Exactly. Can... There's, there's still ways to get into the sport without having to pay the higher entry fees. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and they can – you know, stills probably, I mean, I don't know. Well, unfortunately, the rules probably are going to, the highest they, levels they, affect the rules usually down. down. They always trickle down. So they're probably going to, yeah, they can still buy an inexpensive boat, but if the if they're going to look into getting into the competitive side, they're probably going to be hit with some of these rules here and then not, I mean, how do you just go out there launching from a launch of 50 people with a paddle and and see someone flying with a, pedal drive and and then you know we're not people aren't dumb and realize you you know you're kind of at a disadvantage so um yeah it's gonna it it would discourage some people for sure yeah i just hope it doesn't discourage people to get out yeah Yeah. to get out of the sport completely you know because i think maybe it's part of the hope or i don't know but you know people might think well okay maybe that encourages people or it, it encourages them or forces them to to realize that and then buy the more expensive stuff. But to me, that's where it's like, that's not the way it should be. It, they'll, they'll buy the more, if we get them in the door and they have a, you know, some success and a chance, you know, like I always like to say that the tournaments, if you go back and look at the history of all tournament data, 33% are one uh, like offshore, meaning not on the bank pretty much. And 33% are one on the banks of the lake, the main lake banks and main lake coves. And then 33% are one in what I would call kayak only water. A boat can never get there, which yeah. is the perfect, perfect level of diversity. Perfect. Like there was no problem. And maybe it's the squeaky wheel gets to kind of grease. And people, unfortunately, people today with social media or online and they just, you know, you know, people get frustrated or upset because they feel entitled. If you spend a lot of money on all that stuff that you should never and never lose, you should never lose to someone that has, you know what I mean? Uh, like a quote unquote inferior or less expensive setup. Um, and, and I hope we're not knee jerk reacting to, you know, just a group of folks that are frustrated with that because right now for the overall health of the sport, that the diversity that we had in the wins, if you go back and look at all of them, it's incredible. It's just incredible how like the store, the stories that creates, like what's going to win. Is it going to be main Lake bank? You know, this real shallow, uh, backwaters is it going to be offshore is it going to be the, the skinny uh, creek or river from a future perspective with a television cameras thinking about all that it's pretty cool um it's a pretty cool story you know that you have yeah. to 
to tell, you know, and, and those stories, like I'm saying, um, cause people are saying, uh, or have said, I've, I've heard them say on some podcasts, like, you know, it's almost like somebody like, or even my protest, it was kind of like, man, we just don't feel like he's catching all different species of bass, the Alabama spotted bass, than most of the Lake Pickwick fish. And it almost feels like he's in a different body of water, you know? And to me, that's, that's what's so cool is that you can find, you know, each body of water has little pockets of different species of bass that kind of hold in this area or that area, uh, or the store. Like when you think about the Bassmaster Elite Series or or whatever, when somebody runs out of uh, the Sabine River and they go through the salt water up Galveston to Galveston Bay or Winona Bay in South Carolina, they go down salt water up into the Cooper River through Charleston. When people do this cool, wacky, like I said, Jason Christie's, you know, story, yeah. John, John Cox right below Rodman Dam on the, uh, on the Aqualaha River catching 30 pounds. He's way back up in there and it, he probably took him some time to, to get his aluminum boat up in there. Or even someone in St. John's River that's, uh, that locks into Rodman Reservoir. I mean, the precedent set, even at the highest level of bass boat fishing, that it's okay and it's a cool story to not – even feel like quote unquote you're on the same body water as long as everybody has the opportunity mm. and can see and understand the boundaries in the map to go make that run if they want or go into Rodman Reservoir. It's called the St. John's River Bassmaster Elite Series, not the Rodman Reservoir or Crescent Lake or all Lake George or all the other lakes that are there, right? But that's all part of their playing field, which is so cool. Um, and, and there's no doubt uh, we'll be a little bit more condensed now, but that to me was the cool thing about the stories and the media coverage and what would make our, our sport, especially when it's on TV one day, exciting. Like, how's it going to get one? And look, I'm not, this is hopefully it's not like a Debbie Downer. Cause I believe yeah. those skinny waters are going to still, they're still going to the backwaters and skinny stuff is still going to come into play and it will. Yeah. And we still can get there. Uh, we just can't get there the way we used to get there when we were just the way we all kayak fish, you know, a fishery. We, you're going to find the closest, public spot to put in that's legal and public. And that's why would you not, you don't have an outboard. Why would we start from, why would we all go on a casual day of fun fishing? Why would we start from, you know, six miles away when we could put in a mile away? You know what I mean? Publicly. And, and so, yeah, and then the, that always goes into your pre-fishing and your game plan. Normally. Yeah. How close can I get to this launch spot? That I oh, for sure. Fish? Oh, exactly. That's part of the strategy, you know, because yeah. You want the kayak anglers to be able to fish the entire fishery. You not have not have to look at a whole section of the lake and say, "It's I can't fish it. I can't pre-fish it because I can't get there." That is not cool because now we're at a like if the, if anything in kayak fishing, you should have more water uh, available to us and be able to to be in play, not less. Like Champlain's a good example. You even have more water there than um, than anyway than the bass boat guys do because they conceivably actually cannot run. Gas, they don't have enough gas. They can't get all the way down to the south end of the lake from the north side. So in the kayak fishing tournaments, we could actually get everywhere. But you want that to, to be the case. And the reason why you start from one spot in a bass boat tournament is uh, at a local level, not so much at a high level, but because they have officials on everybody's boat that, that watch them catch their fish. But at local and regional levels and anything that's not the top level, the reason why you launch from one spot obviously is to check the live wells because you keep the fish alive. So you need to make sure everyone's live wells are checked, that there's no fish already in there for them to cheat. And we don't have live wells. So, you know, that there's no need to launch from one place because of that. And, uh, you know, I don't think, I mean, I don't think anyone's checking, you know, it, it, 
like if there's 10 launches at a lake, and we'll see what they do with the rules. They might, but if there's 10 or 15 launches on a lake or eight, however many there's going to be, you know, if there's not a representative from the league, there checking everybody in, then how do we still know someone isn't off somewhere else just launching and fishing? You know what I mean? So in other words, a rule always has to solve a problem. Um, they launch from one spot in a bass boat tournament because they're solving the problem of there's not going to be fish alive in the live wells that were pre-caught. We can check your live wells and then you guys roll out. In our situation, we just got to, you know, see what we're, what are we trying to solve? You know what I mean? Because people, even if they launch from a, uh, actually launch from the designated launch, they could paddle off, go right back after everyone else leaves, load back up and move to another launch, but they could go somewhere that's illegal. You know what I'm saying? And still, so, you know, maybe it'll help the tournament directors with a lot of questions they were getting or confusion from people that just couldn't. You know, I feel like if you can figure out and understand all the stuff there is on electronics these days, you can probably understand what's public or private land with a, a simple Onyx app or far wide, you know, stuff like that. But um, but maybe it'll solve some save them from some questions uh, from folks like that and some that are just confused. Um, and now if they're that confused, it, that's why I'd argue if you just made the entry fee thousand dollars or five hundred thousand dollars and. You know, the, the people who are paying that are those who they understand, like what's what's public, what's not and how to how to read that stuff pretty easy. But um, but anyway, maybe it saves them some some questions like that and frustration from that they've had. I don't know if that's been going on, but but um, maybe it does do that. But then again, how much more time and work is it to build a map and find all the launches and you know what I mean? Like get permits or whatever you got to do and that may be different now. Um you know, that that's going to take a lot of time building a, a launch map and stuff like that. So it could balance out to the amount of time they were spent answering questions. If there were a lot of questions um, about that. So they're obviously doing it for a reason. So you gotta, you gotta back your, you know, tournament directors and support your trails. And um, you know, that's even though, and it's okay. Like this is a good conversation we're having. Cause you know, even though I would love for it not to be like that um, and not just for my style. I mean, I love to fish that way. I'm still going to, get to some of that stuff and do that. I got the resources and connections, fortunately to get sponsored by Torquedo. And, um, you know, obviously I have that, but, um, Oh shoot. Just lost my train of thought. What was I saying, Chris? Uh, yeah. it's, oh, it's a good reason. Good reason yeah. for us to be talking. Yeah, no, it is. It is. It is because, uh, it's okay to disagree is what I was saying. Like, yeah. even though I've got all the resources, I'm still going to get to the to water I want to get to. Um, but it's we live in a culture these days that it's like people just can't disagree and be and and be okay with that. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Like I love our trails and I love the directors and and I, so what? I disagree with one little you know I have a different opinion or different viewpoint because I want to keep the kayak and kayak fishing. I mean I want us to really be able to still keep that essence of our sport in the competitive side of the sport. Not for me. For my style, trust me, it's not for me. I can catch fish on the main lake, no problem. It's because I wish everybody would have the opportunity to fish those cool remote waters that got me hooked on this sport. It's for everybody else, um, not me, because I'll, I'll get there and I'll figure out how to catch them on the main lake, and that's that's fine. Um, but it's really for the sport as a whole. You know what I mean? Like it's that's what it's really more for. And it's okay, you know, that, that we disagree or have a different opinion. That's that's totally cool, because. Um, they, those guys, all the trails, and they do such a great job. Um, 
I mean, just overall doing an amazing job. I ran a trail for eight years. I know how hard it is. It's so hard. It's not easy because you do have to deal with the people who are, you know, you know, maybe frustrated or upset at something. And maybe it is because that for their own personal uh, gain, you know what I mean? Or their own, uh, whatever they, for their own, to their own advantage, you know, and maybe they're complaining or whatever, but um, you know, you just don't see the other way around. It's funny how you just don't see people. I mean, maybe you do, but I don't know it, but um, I've never heard people say, let's take away live scope. This doesn't seem right. Or let's take away, you know, motors or let's take away, you know, let's, or let, or it's not safe to be letting people fish out past half a mile offshore. It's not safe in a kayak, even though people are flipping and we're putting tournaments on, you know, busy lakes in the middle of, of the summer or Lake Erie or, or St. Clair. We don't, you know, don't really limit that offshore fishing, even though you could argue that's not safe. You know what I'm saying? And, and from a yeah. kayak, you could say, well, bass boats are, they, you know, that they kind of have, enough events on that that are the better tool and it's safer it's just funny you don't see the people who are fishing the skinny water saying let's let's ban all that stuff or let's make that I, you know i think the diversity like our diversity is what makes us so great and so special and i wish i just wish that diversity could be kept in the sport because unless something is overwhelmingly like the a rig is a good example they thought it was just gonna win every single tournament so we got to outlaw it because then you wouldn't need um any other baits, lures, like you wouldn't need, it would hurt the whole commerce of the sport, the whole economy of a fishing sport. It would, and it would make it boring. There's no more stories. Yeah. It's like, so-and-so is going to go over there, throw an A-rig and win. Boring. Right. Uh, and you know what I mean? Like that's, I guess that's, that's what it comes down to is, is the d- diversity and the storylines and the different ways you could win a kayak tournament. were so, broad so grand you could do so many things and now it's just it's shrunk big time and um i know a lot of i'm pretty close with a lot of riders in the sport a lot of people that cover the sport media uh of bass fishing overall the bass boat world not really i mean the kayak world too but i'm talking about the bass boat world that i um some folks i'm really close with and uh i'm not going to mention their names because i don't want to like out them and it was kind of off the record they didn't want it to be known that they said this but they actually said to me, you know, I, I mentioned that, you know, they're, whatever, I've mentioned a few of them, like, hey, we might have some rule changes this year. It's going to be different, so we'll see. And uh, I told them what they were, and they they were in shock. They were like, dude, that's what made you guys different. That's what made y'all special. That's what we loved about kayak is hearing those cool stories and the different things people did and the creativity that you're allowed to do, all the creativity. Because in the basketball world there, again, it's off the record, uh, and I can't talk about who they are, but they're – there's a definitely a huge contingent in the basketball world that's frustrated with how far the electronics are get going and the, what it does to the TV product. You know what I mean? Like you're looking down just at a graph and, and of course I got into fishing to, to be away unplugged from electronics and the world, you know, to be in nature. And so now it brings it back to like electronics and, you know, machines and whatever. So basically that's, they're sitting there and they're, they're just, I mean, everyone knows you'd much rather watch a lacrosse Wisconsin tournament and see a bunch of blowups on a frog than a smallmouth tournament where they're just sitting there looking at the screen. It's like, I got one, you know, like, and these guys who don't, didn't want me to like mention their names or whatever, ever. That's why they said, make sure it's off the record that they feel this way about the sport they cover and they love. Um, they just said, you know, the worst thing you could do, man, they were, they were kind of sad. They were like, dude, the worst thing you guys could do is mimic the bass boat world. That's like the worst thing you could do. And again, I, their words, not mine, but I'm just saying like they were definitely in the camp of 
dude, keep it beach volleyball, not hardcore. Like we yeah. have that, we have that, and we have the best tools for those lakes. And we, it's already on a TV product getting worse. And our sport's not their sport isn't you know the bass boat world unfortunately is not growing we we've and the reason why it's not growing uh is because we've lost we fu- we filled up the inventory what i mean is there's only so many lakes right around the country they're not making new ones that's it the fisheries are the fisheries that's it so if the sport of you know golf or soccer football you name it if it becomes more popular and continues to grow what do we do all we do is just Go take some land and build more courses, right? Build another field. Just we unlimited that those sports can grow at an unlimited capacity. Bass fishing is unique. It's different. It can't, can't grow to unlimited capacity because we only have so many fisheries. And by the time it gets overpressured and you're out there with your buddies and you're fighting over the same spots and the same holes, and you realize this just isn't fun, especially given the amount of money you gotta you gotta spend in the sport for those boats to get out there, you realize it's not fun. I'm out of here. The only inventory we had, the only place we had to grow to help grow the whole sport of kayak fishing was these unique places the kayaks can go. You know, you don't need a 40,000 acre fishery or 25,000 or 70,000 to have a tournament. You can have an eight or 10,000 acre fishery plus the rivers and creeks that feed it. And that's plenty of water for 200 kayak anglers. But now we, it, and again, it's not like we're saying that you can't go and people aren't fishing those out of kayaks for fun still. And, but the sport on the competitive side can't really grow now into those as easily. You know what I mean? That was the inventory that the sport of fishing, the bass fishing sport had to really, really push into and tourism departments that have never had anyone knock on the door and say, Hey, we want to throw 200 people into your community. How do you feel about that? Cause they never get that knock from the bass boat world because their, their lake is only 12,000 acres. It's not big enough, not big enough for that, for that many bass boats. But Dude, you put in the rivers and creeks, or even what's what's really cool about kayak is like how KBF did the national championship in Shreveport, or you know you got five different lakes to choose from all around the city, you know, or um, even the the chain of lakes in Florida, Harris or the, the Kissimmee. Um, some of them aren't even connected by canals that we're allowed to fish, but it's like the, this is your playing field. Doesn't matter if it's the county, just the county lines, the border of a county. If that that county is the paying county, it's like any public water in that County, those rivers, those public lakes, the 2000 acre public lake and that little 50, 50 acre public lake, all the playing field go. That was cool. That was cool. Be able to say that and go and do stuff like that too. And we still can. It's not like we can't still, I'm not saying we can't, but uh, it seems like we're, you know, I think we're limiting ourselves a little bit on what, where we can grow and how we can help the sport of fishing and the fun we can have. Cause it's all at the end of the day, it's all about having fun. And we all agree. I would think we all agree. Having fun is, uh, you know, having more, catching more fish, catching more bigger fish. And how do you do that? Well, one way is, is having less people to compete against, you know, less pressure. And these are the other fisheries that aren't getting the, as much of the uh, marketing and, and notoriety because they're not, you know, the, the big ones that, that pay the, the big bass boat tours to go there. So we don't hear about them, but we expose them every once in a while. We, we have a good decision and our trails are really good about that. I will say kayak fishing is really good about going to some new places and exposing a possum kingdom, right. Or a Trinity river. Uh, remember the record it was like, what was it? Jody and Guillermo had like 100, 911 inches um, over there in the Trinity or What's another, like the Susquehanna is a great example that was like, wow, this is amazing. Now it's a, a staple in our, you know, yearly schedule 
because it was kind of, you know, it's big enough to hold this many uh, kayaks and whatnot. So exposing and going to those kind of different places that already haven't been over saturated by the bass boat world is, is definitely a way we can grow and grow into that new inventory that just opened up through the kayak. So yeah. we'll see. I'm sure we'll do it more and more, hopefully. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, we got a lot uh, of smart guys. Smart guys are working those trails. So it, trust me, we're going to, we'll keep seeing new and more stuff, but they can't, there's a balance because they got to go to these big names because everyone knows those big name places, you know? And so it kind of draws some people from further away because they've heard of Gunnersville. Yeah. But, you know, it, heard of, well, for like Gunnersville, like the, the, the names Chick- that we all hear, yeah. is, um, it's a chance for someone to go to a lake and possibly win some money, go to a lake that they've always wanted to go to and possibly come back with some money in their pocket. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Your Lake Forks, your Lake Chickamaugas. But the reality is those lakes have, I mean, Gunnersville's back now, but they have some serious downturns, Kentucky yeah. Lake. And we still go there and we know about them because of the marketing to us through the bass boat world. But there's a, an OHIV for every Lake Fork that we know about. There's an OHIV or, you know what I'm saying? They, these cool places that nobody has ever gone to no one's ever exposed uh in the mainstream and there's there's over i want to say a hundred and something lakes in the country that are eight thousand acres or more over there's a hundred and something of them that's a lot a lot so anyway but yeah man the mindset will be different this year for sure and i'll uh have to to zig and zag you know make some new changes on how i do things but It'll be fun. Just another challenge. That's all it is. Another challenge. Oh yeah. You got any? Uh, what else you got for me? Anything else? Well, we've what been going want? for we've been going for like an hour. So yep. We'll save it for after Florida. Maybe we'll get you back on. Talk more love about it. it after you got into a tournament or two. Um, but any closing thoughts? I mean, we we covered a lot, a lot more than I oh. thought we were going to cover. I mean, yeah, I know. Yeah, for sure. We just kind of got yeah. into so. Well, it's kind of a natural. It's the talking yeah. big buzz right now, anyway. You know, and, and but I mean, if you want to wrap with a short conversation on, uh, you know, we've talked a little bit about your mindset's going to change this yeah. year in kayak fishing. But you know, I'll do a couple, a few predictions. You know, I think I've kind of hit on them a little bit, but I think the mindset this year with kayak fishing tournaments from designated launches where you're. You're, you're, you have to assume, obviously, that it's going to condense people a little bit more. But, you know, like I said, your your electronics focused anglers who can really dial that stuff in, offshore anglers who are really good at that, finding something that's to themselves offshore, which is what we all were doing in the backwaters anyway, just trying to find some fish, you know, that are unpressured that no one else has found. That's excuse me, that's going to become more and more important, I think. And then the motor. Um, will become in the, in the boat, the motor and the boat. It's got to get paired with the right boat to give you maximum speed will also become more important this year. And then another thing on the mindset, your whole mindset with, with how you approach the season, what's going to be, I think, even more important this year will be looking at that schedule. Once you put it in your spreadsheet or whatever you've got, your list of all the, the turn, national tournaments and the dates, I think your your decisions on where to go are going to be just huge this year because if you are an angler who wants to fish any backwaters or skinny water if you see the the uh, tournament info sheet and you see where the launches are you might realize hey this one's just not going to be for me you know what i mean i can't it's going to be six six or seven miles just to get to 
that little backwater or three miles or whatever it is. It's too far for you. And with the watercraft you have and the money you have to not, maybe you can't afford a super fast motor or whatever, or any motor. You're just going to have to zig and zag. And now the good news is there's, there's what, uh, like nine events in Hobie and nine in KBF and five and, and then all American and you got other series out there. You got a lot of events to pick from. So if you look at all the, the launches and how they're going to use their, their, uh, their launch rules or whatever it's going to be, you can probably still find enough tournaments, you know, because you, you already know that your lacrosses and your, your Susquehanna tournaments like that are like the Wolf and Fox last year for Hobie. They're kind of river events anyway. So if you kind of are a river Creek guy, then, you know, you can, you can at least fish those and you can kind of cherry pick some ones that might be a little better for, you know, some, some, some of your style if you only have a paddle kayak and and want to fish that kind of stuff so i think that's going to be something different do you have any thoughts on what people's mindsets will be this year what what will be different with given these rules i think it'll be more more pre-planning more of uh looking at mass before you even get there and kind of still looking for still looking for like the diamond in the rough type of feeling where it's like okay well this is where most of the people probably will launch. This is where a few people might launch. Right. Maybe I'll just go to a place that has less people launching there and try to find something there instead of trying to beat the crowd out. Yeah. No, you're right. It could. The other areas might get cannibalized. It's like Banana Cove on this, yeah. the tournament for the uh, Harris Chain last year for the Elite Series. It was just loaded with anglers. And they kind of all eventually cannibalized themselves. They did, they did well. But you know i think buddy gross won that tournament and he wasn't far from there but he won it finding something that that nobody else found it was a little different but it was still kind of close to that and that's that's what it's going to take you have to find either a launch i know that's some people's strategies are are like what you're saying you know um a tournament winning spot is only tournament winning if you know it's yours alone and 10 other people aren't there with you or two or three aren't there with you but a it turns into a you know, a great spot, a tournament winning spot turns into just a good spot with when the pressure shows up. But a good spot with nobody else there, like you're saying, that the least amount of people at the launch and you happen to find something within that launch with the least amount of people so nobody else is there or whatever, that becomes not just good, but a tournament. I mean, it becomes great. It's a tournament winning spot at that point. So that kind of stuff's going to change uh, for sure. You just kind of have to predict where the groups of people are going to be, where you hear all the buzz, all the doc talk, you got to figure out where it's all going to go down and then maybe try to go somewhere else or just be the best of that group, which is what happened at the TOC. You know, Brian Nelly and Nolan Miner and all those guys, they were the, they, that was the winning area. You could not, it may be very hard to win it anywhere else. And they were the best of the group out of that area. They found the juiciest, you know, little spot within the spot, you know? So, that's going to be the the fun part this year is trying to figure out how to, cause you know, you can't, you know, you know, you can't, you, if you make a long run, it's going to have, you're going to be very confident that when you make that long run, it's going to pay off. You know what I mean? It, it's good. It's got to have to, cause if not, you know, you better have a backup plan. that's still within that same launch on your way back or something, you know, because that's takes a lot of time to go like, four or five, six miles one way and then all the way back and then load up and then go to a whole other part of the lake. So that kind of milk guarding is uh, with those, like I always used to say, the Tacoma outboard, that kind of milk guarding is 
is over. Yeah. I think. So we'll see. That'd be fun. Like I said, I'm pumped. Yeah. Pumped about the year now that I've had a little break and kind of get my I've been looking at maps, like you're saying, and doing more research, and it's becoming, you know, those decisions are getting more critical. So I'm excited to, to um, get back out there. And just, again, huge thanks to the, you know, the trails. They're, they're doing such a good job. They're coming together. They're, they're unifying stuff, which we've always asked and, and wanted from them. And uh, that's a, a, a step and a positive in the right direction. I'd rather see more love and unity in the sport. That's I, why I think a lot of us got into kayaks, of course, is, is you meet a lot of really friendly and good people. Yeah. And in even the people, what's cool about kayak fishing, even the people that you may not agree with you, we all kind of get along really well. You know, and we have different takes or different opinions on things and it's like, it's okay. You know, it's just part of life can still like be your buddy and respect you and, and don't have to like hold everything. So like personal, you know, and have harbor hatred that people want to just, do all the, all the time this, uh, in this day and age on the internet, like that you can't even, you can't have a different of opinion without it, you know, meaning you're just at odds and it's just not the case. Like, so it's good to see that we're coming together a little bit, um, the directors and just, they've done such a great job. So it's such hard work, man. So I'm excited to get out there and see all the other anglers and see those, uh, directors and thank them again, uh, more, hopefully on stage some this year again, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, so is there any sponsors or anything that you want to throw out there or social media? I mean, I just there? switched. The only thing I'll say is, you know, my sponsors are all staying the same. If you guys follow me on uh, social media at Drew Gregory Fishing, uh, I've had a big hiatus because how busy I've been with the family over to Christmas. And it's the only time we have. Yeah, yeah I believe we all have, man. Yeah, so <laughs> I've, yeah good. that's good to hear. I've just been like, I haven't posted any like anything really. But um, if you guys want to follow, I'll be getting back into it. Uh, but I did want to say, that Realtree Fishing is my official sponsor again this year, my headline sponsor, I should say. And then, so huge shout out to them. Uh, they they support a lot of this sport. So I hope you guys, and they get it. So I hope you guys can turn around and support them, of course. And, and we put our money back into the brands that are helping us. But then the other thing I was going to say was another new sponsor is Torquedo, which I mentioned. And then I also mentioned uh, a new battery sponsor, X2 Batteries. I'm going to be using them for my, uh, my graphs. And uh, is automotive battery, my Tacoma battery, whatever they make uh, batteries for all different, uh, you know, purposes, marine and automotive yeah. and everything. But they also are sold. The cool thing about X2 batteries, um, and I was with Lithium Pros before, and they were great. I never had an issue with their batteries. And batteries are kind of something that they're kind of all as long as they, we just want them to work. You know, as long as they yeah. don't, like, as long as they work, they're good. But what That's I like cool. about X2 is that not only do they do they work, but they're easy to get from you guys listening. If you just go to a batteries plus store, they're sold into battery, the batteries plus stores, which is a chain all over the country. So you can go and buy those batteries. They're great. And they support the kayak fishing community. So you don't have to go to some specialty Marine dealer, Marina or whatever, or, you know, boat dealer to, or uh, whatever shop to get this special battery. And it's a little easier to get that battery and um, actually owned by batteries plus as well. So, Basically, we have a big non-endemic that's kind of – they're really supporting kayak fishing and what we're doing. So that's kind of cool, man. So I'm excited to, to have them on board and uh, looking forward to a good year with those guys. And, yeah, everything else, just follow along. I'll be filming everything again. And uh, I won't announce this now, but I do have a plan for all my footage from last year. And it's going to be pretty exciting. So we'll see what happens with that. And we'll, uh, we'll maybe announce it next next show or something. Yeah. 
But thank you so much, Chris. Yeah, thanks, buddy. I appreciate you and what you guys are doing. And let's let's get on and do it again. Yeah, definitely. Always. I appreciate the conversation, man. Yeah, buddy. Have a good day. All right, see ya. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode here on Paddle and Finn. Be sure to drop a five-star rating, a thumbs up, or smash that subscribe button on any platform you're listening in on. Be sure to check us out on Waypoint TV, waypointtv.com. Make sure you sign up for the Fantasy Kayak Fishing League at paddleandfin.com forward slash fantasy. You could support this show through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash paddleandfin. Don't forget to check out the website, paddleandfin.com. Catch us on YouTube. If you got a question, comment, or want to see a future guest on the show, be sure to email us at paddleandfin at gmail.com. Shout out to our show supporters, Yak Gadget. You can check out all the fine kayak accessories at yakgadget.com. Pelican Professional. For all your cases, coolers, and lighting needs, go to pelican.com. Rocktown Adventures your Midwest premier paddle sports destination, go to rocktownadventures.com. Eastport Marina, the beautiful destination on Dale Hollow Lake. If you're looking for lodging, kayaks, kayak accessories, or anything fishing related on the beautiful Dale Hollow Lake, go to eastport.info. Jigmasters Jigs, when 